Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom. You have made it to our season two finale. And again, we're going to shake it up for you and kind of take a different approach today. We're going to be looking forward instead of the episodes where we usually spend looking backward. So today I'm joined by Amy Gunn, Liz Lenevy, Mary Simon, and Elizabeth McNulty. And I am Erica Slater. So today we are going to talk about the concept of forward thinking, where we see ourselves in 10 years, goal setting, how we do that, what's the process. And quite frankly, it stresses everyone out a little bit. You know, you're sitting here doing the best you can, keeping up with your work, hoping that you're doing the best job for here and now. And then someone sits you down and says, okay, time to think about the next decade. And that can be overwhelming. You know, you're thinking, I'm just trying to get to the happy hour. (laughs) So we spend so much time, at least as lawyers and other professions, with a goal in mind that you need to be in school, right? So you go to college, you might require graduate school for your profession, and then you got to get into that first job where you're starting to gain experience. And the road is clear what you need to do to keep moving forward. Your goal is clear. You know, I need to get through law school or I need to get my first job. I need to get my first experience. You know, I just kept plugging along on that path. I've worked at two law firms post law school. When I left my first firm and came to the Simon Law Firm, quickly after I'd been here, maybe about a year or so later, It was very clear to me that I didn't know that next step or what I was working towards other than, you know, kind of the basics of I want to be a good lawyer. I want to become an expert. I want to perfect what I'm doing. You know, that's kind of all underneath. Everybody wants to do that in in their profession. But that next step of what am I working towards was really hard for me to define because it wasn't you know, oh, I want to work towards getting my next job, or it wasn't, I want to work towards changing my position or the area of law I'm practicing. I was working up until that point to get here. (laughs) And so I found myself in the happy situation of being early on in my career. I had been practicing three years, and I really got back to a firm that I could make a home in and, and build a practice in. But I was kind of feeling a little lost because of that. So personally, I started working with a professional coach, and she really helped give me a framework for how to develop goals and look at things in the long term and quite frankly get my head out of the sand a little bit and see what I was working toward. Someone making you sit down and do that and almost practice looking forward and planning for years out from now is a really good thing, but you have to, you know, dedicate time to it. Can't just be something that you're, you know, that's noise in the background. So each year, you know, I'm developing goals for that year, but also kind of looking further out five years, 10 years. Where do, where do I see myself? Where do I want to be? And more and more, those conversations have brought in 
more sophisticated concepts, kind of the larger idea of where's our practice going to be? Where is my practice area going to be? Will it be affected by the law? Am I putting myself in too much of a niche that could be wiped out with legislation in our state? And those larger environmental questions start to form my idea of being flexible, looking for opportunities, and kind of planning where I want to go with my career. So Liz, I know you're turning 30 this year and stepping into a new decade. What have you done to start looking forward? So thank you for announcing my age. No problem. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I'm I'm actually excited. I'm excited to to turn 30. It is a it's a brand new decade of my life. And so when you initially brought up this prompt, Erica, I did some self-reflection and it reminded me a bit of this quote and I can't remember where I heard it from, but it was a pretty general generalized idea of your 20s are when you are realizing your goals and your dreams. Your 30s are when you are working to achieve those goals and dreams. And your 40s are when you get to hopefully enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. And so I am entering that phase of my life where I need to make my opportunities happen. And when I reflect back on the decade of my 20s, I realize that I stumbled into so much of my accomplishments. I am a first-generation lawyer. I did not know any attorneys before I went to law school, before I went to college. And I had just decided that this was the career path I wanted for myself based really on what I had seen on TV. I had seen attorneys on TV and I thought that's what I want to do. And so I went to college for it, didn't really know what I was doing, didn't really have much help applying for college, winged it. I went to law school, didn't really know what I was doing when I applied it. Again, I winged it. Even when I went to law school, my plan initially was to do criminal law, and I sort of fell into this internship at Simon when I was in law school and ended up loving it and completely changed my career path. I, After taking this internship, I changed my concentration at law school to do civil litigation. And again, that's something I just sort of stumbled into. And even getting this job, I've described getting that random call from Amy one day and it wasn't that I was looking for the job. I just fell into it. And I think about everything I've accomplished and how much of it was just dumb luck. And I think that's fine. I'm happy with the journey that I've had so far. I think that when you are young, especially if you don't have uh, mentors in your life that you are actively seeking out, which is something I wish I would have done. I wish I would have made more of an effort to seek out mentorship. But when you're young, if you're stumbling into career options and relationships, that's fine. It's the time to explore and to learn more about yourself and realize who you are and what you want to do with your life. But now I'm turning 30. And now I feel like it's time to really buckle down and focus on on what is important in my career and not only what is important, but how I'm going to make that happen for myself. And so I, at the beginning of the year, I sat down and created a plan for myself. Uh, I identified what is the weakest part of my practice, which for me by far is marketing. Really, when I started this job, I 
blindly thought that if I just work hard enough and if I just put in the hours, then opportunities are just going to come flooding in. Everyone's going to want to hire me because I'm a good attorney and I work hard and I'm smart and I care about my clients. And that is not how this industry works, as I've learned. I've stumbled into that fact as well. And so identifying that marketing is my weakest skill, I have a complete marketing plan, which credit to to our firm, Amy and John, really pushing us younger attorneys into creating these plans for ourselves. That is what I'm really going to be focusing on. Obviously, I want to continue to hone my skills as an attorney, but that's going to come naturally. The more depositions I take, the more trials I take, I'm always going to get better at it. But this is a particular muscle that I know I need to work out. And that is the goal I have set for myself. And so within the next 10 years, what I really want to do is make sure that I have made a name for myself. I've made a name for my family, hopefully. And I share your fears, Erica, about whether or not this industry is even going to last in this state in particular. But hopefully by putting myself out there by marketing, I know what a useful tool it is to be an attorney, to have the education and knowledge we have. And and if I need to pivot careers because I'm legislated out of a job, I will have created those opportunities for myself to do that. And if I do get to keep my job, hopefully I get to be the best attorney I can be because, again, I've created those opportunities for myself. I think that's so true what you were saying about, you know, you stumbled into things. There was a lot of dumb luck when you look back. And I struggle with that, too, because, you know, forward thinking and forward planning and all that stuff, you can't be so rigid that you miss the opportunities that are in front of you. Or, you know, an opportunity comes along and you say, well, that's not on my five point plan for the next decade. (laughs) So, you know, yet you don't realize that taking that opportunity will never shut any doors and you don't know what doors they're going to open. I mean, that's kind of the push and pull about future planning is you can give it your best guess. I think the most important thing is spending the actual time thinking about it and doing the work. I'm so intimidated by it sometimes, you know, that unless I like set up things to, that actually force me to do it, like you said, making marketing plans with some of our more senior attorneys and things like that. I mean, without that step, I'm not sure I'd have anything on paper. I was in a meeting recently where it's a board meeting and we've got ideas for this organization and the a guy spearheading the meeting said, we need to write down our goals. We can't just throw things out there. If it's written on paper and you have plans on how to achieve those goals, then it will actually happen. It will materialize. But you can't just throw out and say, this is what I want to be the best lawyer. Okay. How are you going to make that happen? You actually have to sit down, put in the time, put in the thought. Yeah, you know, and when I brought this up, my wife had sent me, they have a lot of these conversations at work. She works at a CPG company, so big corporate atmosphere. And so their framework for this is much more structured and it's part of their business to be future planning in a more diligent way. One of the frameworks they use is called backcasting. So you have your goal and then you start working backwards from there. But in that exercise, you have to identify everything you have to do and analyze all the sectors that are going to affect it for you to get there. And the example she gave me was, you know, if in five years you say you want to climb Mount Everest, 
you don't sit here today and say, I think I'll start hiking. You need to know, have a deep knowledge and familiarity with terrain, seasons, wildlife, change in altitude, you know, like what it's going to (laughs) take, you know, there's so many things that go into that and you have to almost do like a postmortem before you get to that goal and say, how is this going to go wrong? What types of things am I going to encounter that might be a roadblock to me getting there? And that may take bringing in other people as well. Like, you know, Amy knows a ton about the legislation in Missouri and where it may go and can talk about the political atmosphere that affects our profession, probably with more authority than anyone in the state who does what we do. And those are the type of people that you bring in to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking for my practice area what what do you know about where this is going? So that's a big piece as well. Elizabeth, with you being early on in your career, where are you at in this kind of forward-looking framework? I've always been like a super goal-oriented person. So I'd say probably at the start, or I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. So at the start of college, I certainly had a five-year plan and I worked very diligently. And But those were all just kind of professional goals, but they kind of ended with, you know, getting a job as a lawyer. And then you start your job and you're just trying to figure things out and you barely have time to think about, you know, what's happening next week, let alone in the next 10 years. So I think that this exercise exercise is very useful because before you know it, it'll be 10 years from now. And, you know, if you haven't set goals or you haven't thought about it, like you're probably just going to be in the same place and life is just going to have kind of passed you by. So I just got chills because this is my 10th year of practice and I'm like, oh, yes, that is so true. (laughs) Right. And so I'm the same way with Liz with marketing. So I sat down and kind of came up with a similar action plan, but Part of my, I guess, being so goal oriented and professional thinking, I've kind of let, you know, my personal life or my social life kind of fall to the wayside. So I would hope in 10 years that I've kind of be able to devote like a little bit more time to that while also, you know, keeping my practice fully alive. But I think that this is a timely discussion because of COVID and what we've been dealing with for the past year, because I feel like I've just been kind of on a hamster wheel going around and round, and I'm very ready to get off. And I'm sure that all of you feel the same way. So I've, while I've been able to kind of learning skills and growing my practice somewhat, I feel like the whole last year life has kind of been on pause. So I'm hopeful that we won't have to experience that for much longer. But I'd say hopefully in the next 10 years, I'll be able to kind of master many skills that it takes to be a trial attorney. And hopefully I'll be able to use that to still be making a really positive impact in people's lives because that kind of purpose is, I think, while we all get up in the morning and why we continue to do this job that can be very frustrating at times. And another thing that I've definitely learned from all of you is how important having good mentors is. And so I would hope to be able to be a mentor to others because I think that You know, that's how we can learn from our mentees just as much as we learn from our mentors. So I I would hope that I'll, you know, find some good people to learn from and teach. A couple of things come to mind. First, with forward thinking on, on the most surface level, forward thinking is 
I just am so hungry for our profession <laughs> to be back to how it was. I'm so hungry for trials. It's in, it's just insane. And that's the most, you know, tip of the iceberg, surface level forward thinking that I can think about. And on a on a deeper level, when I think about forward thinking in 10 years, where do you want to be in 10 years or what do you picture your life like? My brain and thought process goes to what do I want my story to be? The first things that come to mind for me are what is going to be my mark? What mark do I want to leave not only in the next 10 years, but in my whole life. And I I love thinking about that because the people who I admire most in my life and love the most in my life, they have just changed lives of so many people for the better and they've helped people and all they do is help people and everything they do requires this moral compass that guides them throughout their life. And I go to more of that place. It is timely to talk about it, not only with COVID and where we're at with kind of feeling stuck when you're trying to get through to do the things you want to do. And I think about it in terms of who I look up to and how, you know, my parents are a huge example of that for me and other attorneys who I work with that are more experienced than me, where I just think about their character and their morals and that guides them. It's their foundation. And I I know that that has guided me to where I am today and it will continue to guide me in what organizations I'm involved in, who I spend my time with, who I give my time to. It, it allows me to create the balance between my professional life and my personal life and how those largely are intertwined. I work with my family. I work at a family law firm. Those things are never separate to me. But the thing that keeps me going is why am I doing the things I'm doing and what do I want? It sounds it kind of conceited to think, what do I want people to take away from the mark I've left? But I don't know how other ways to express that. And it it just there's so much I want to do. But I, I just know that the way I the way that I attack opportunities or to Liz, your point, create opportunities for myself is so much, it's just the biggest factor in that is my own moral compass and the people I'm drawn to the most. And that has really served me well so far. And I hope to continue to do that. Every single person who's listening to this podcast should partake in an exercise where they think about where they want to go and where they're headed, because there are so many opportunities in the legal profession to make the wrong turn or the wrong step and the 10 years will go by and you're you're sitting there thinking wow what have i been doing or am i even happy doing this and so i i just have learned really to trust myself and know that luckily for me as a young attorney i have people who have already had a, an amazing career that i'm close with and i see the path they took and not not that you shouldn't create your own path but my god what how helpful is it that we that I have Erica and I have Amy to talk to about their careers. I mean, that's, I I love having that because it's people who I love and look up to. And I know that I'm going to be guided in the right direction. If I talk to people like you two and like my own dad, and that's really where I go when I think about the next 10 years, I, I have already evolved quite a bit with, you know how, when you graduate law school, you get 
thrown into 20 organizations right off the bat. And then you kind of have to weed out what ones you really want to devote your time to. So you're not just having a hundred meetings every week. I'm kind of getting to a point in my fourth year, going into my fourth year of figuring out what ones I want to devote time to and which ones I don't. And that really just goes to what is the purpose behind what that organization is? And is it getting me to the place where I want to get you know, move forward and progress. And if it isn't, then why am I really investing my time in it? So I think that being cognizant of the things you're doing now, knowing you have this vision for yourself of what, where you want to be in terms of just what you want your mark to be is that's what keeps me going. So I, I just, I'm so, so grateful to have the people in my life who are ahead of me in that regard to look to them but also know that the more that I've been practicing, the more confidence and trust I gain in myself to know that I'm heading in the right direction. So that's kind of where I think on that note. And I, I had the opportunity uh, probably two, two to three weeks ago to have a conversation with an attorney in the inner circle. And it's not my dad. I promise it's not. I already talked to him way too much. But I've got to say, though, my dad, John Simon, founded the Simon Law Firm, and he also has a podcast. It's called The Jury Is Out, and it's a great resource for young attorneys and, and honestly, any attorney who really wants to keep learning and sharpening their practice. And a lot of the skills that he talks about really helped him get into the inner circle. But anyway, I digress, but I do feel the need to point out what the inner circle is before I share this story. So the inner circle, for those who might not know, it's considered the top 100 plaintiff's attorneys in the U.S. And this attorney, he's not in Missouri, but he had a Zoom call with a group of young lawyers in one of the organizations I'm a part of. And to my surprise, there were only like 20 people on the call. And it was super intimate. And he gave great advice, basically talking about the trajectory of young plaintiff lawyers' careers, a lot of them, sadly, Liz, asked, do you think plaintiff lawyers will be around in, you know, for the duration of my career, which he said yes and was, of, of course, very encouraging and optimistic because he said everyone's always going to need a lawyer. But he also gave three pieces of advice for practical purposes for young attorneys that I definitely will take into consideration. The first was get over the fear of trying the case, taking the big important deposition in the case, giving the closing argument. He's like, you just have to get over that fear and do it. And once you just do it once, you're going to get more comfortable with it. There's never a time where you're quote unquote ready. You just prepare as you're going to do it and you do it and you get through it. So it's kind of just move past the fears that you have. The second was stop spending time, too much time on one single case. If you have a whole bunch of cases to work on, you need to learn how to prioritize and space out your workload, which is something I'm definitely going to work on. And then the third was reflect on why you entered the profession. If you think you wanted to enter the plaintiff's lawyer profession in order to make money or get notoriety or buy a big house or or have a bunch of cars and, and become famous or something like that. He said, there are so many more professions that you can do. And to have that stuff, do not pick this one. This is not the right one to pick because it requires so much of your mental and emotional energy that if you're not in it for those reasons, then you know there's the door. You need to figure out something else to do. When I think about my 
trajectory, I just think about what do I want my mark to be? And what do I want my story to be after the fact? And I'm going to design my future around that and my decision making around that. So Mary, while you were talking, I reached in my office drawer and pulled out this piece of paper, which is titled EBS 2020 Planning. And this was my plan for 2020, which I went over in January. And just as an example, okay, disclaimer, I'm not religious and Ariana Grande taught me that God is a woman. So, you know that (laughs) phrase, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. So that's what this piece of paper is. Um, Number two is build trial skills. At various trials this year, I want to do the following. Put on two retained experts, cross two defense experts, give two openings, give one closing, prepare and argue jury instructions in three cases. So that hasn't happened. Oh, go ahead and rip <laughs> that right up. No, yeah, I'm going to cross that out. 2021. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the part I'm going to cross out. Yeah, because, you know, at our firm, you you don't just get an opportunity to be involved in cases that are on your list to try. You might step in and help out, especially when a case is getting close to trial. And I sat down with John, told him at the beginning of 2020, like, hey, I really want to do this, especially get me involved in jury instructions. I love it. You know, all this great stuff. So it's just an example of how, you know, the best laid plans are maybe not going to go how you think they are anyway. And and this, of course, is an example of short-term planning. But it is so funny to look back and think like, oh, man, I just kind of feel a little foolish now. Right. But- and, it, and it might even be my own protective mechanism in place to, to think about my future 10 years in abstract terms, given how 2020 right. went. Right, I was right. just thinking about that. And I'm like, how come I couldn't come up with a really, you know, solid list that I want to do? And it's probably because I have a similar list to what yours is. Yeah. Now, now my list says don't get COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> Goal. <laughs> Number one. So Amy, as, as our wise sage, I know that you are not excited about this topic. Tell me why. For our listeners, Erica emailed around a title, which is for this episode, which is where will you be in 10 years? And I saw it and I immediately like closed it back up. But then I've been thinking about this and I took it kind of literally. So I'm either going to be the leader of the free world or fading to black on a hut on a beach. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Equally possible. Equally possible. That's it. Those, either one of those things is going to be what Amy Gunn is. Now, Liz, I have to ask you, you had cute little summaries of twenties, thirties, and forties. What do you have for fifties, my friend? Whatever the hell you want. Right. So I am entering my 50th year, this good year. And I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I have. I want to age gracefully in my career and personally. Y'all know I'm vain. So physically, I want to do all these things in the next 10 years. And I couldn't be more excited about it. There is always going to be anxiety with future planning both in terms of trying to meet our own high expectations and being afraid to be disappointed, 
putting a certain amount of control in other people's hands. We, we all live in a world where there are other people in our lives and being able to continue to rely on other people to help you meet your goals is always a little bit out there. But when you get to almost 50, and I'm going to laugh about how many episodes I say I'm almost 50, <laughs> and you're lucky, like I have been, you know who your people are. You know what you can do. You know what you're capable of. And you're by God going to keep doing it. I really want to be the top of my game. I'm going to be arrogant enough to say I am at the top of my game and I want to remain there. I want to age gracefully in my career, which includes reaching out into law adjacent areas, whether that's teaching or politics or different advocacy. My skills include those things. The only thing I'm afraid of is failing to reach my potential even at this age. I won't do it. I won't fail myself in that way. I won't fail my family in that way. I won't fail this law firm. I won't fail you ladies. It's just what I thrive on. And while admittedly the first glance at where will you be in 10 years was terrifying, because I'll be almost 60, and that is, that's a lifetime. I mean, literally, that's a lifetime. But I can't think of anything else that I'd rather be doing than setting my goals for the next 10 years, starting at where I'm starting. So I have to embrace that, and I've taken so much away from the four of you being kind enough to go first, because by you all going first and hearing what your goals and aspirations are in the next 10 years in your younger careers, just is so, two things. I'm so excited. It's not me. <laughs> because You've done it. I've done that. I've been there, done that. And it's hard. It's every day is hard, especially when you're starting your families and, and trying to juggle all those things. But also makes me so happy that I can be on these journeys with you and be a part of it and get to watch. And that just makes me really happy. I just want to recognize what I have and what I can give and do it. I mean, I laugh because I'm a goal setter too. And I remember my husband and I, it has been about 10 years where we set our goals of, you know, the house we want to live in, the cars we wanted to drive. Sometimes these material goals are really the easiest ones to put your finger on, right? Because they're all around us. Oh, I want that. I want that. The harder ones are, are really the ones that you develop for yourself in this amorphous career of law. Those are, those are much harder. So it's easier to say, okay, I want, and I look at it, I'm like, okay, I, I drive the car I want to drive. I live in the house I want to live in. I wear the clothes I want to wear. You know, all these material things will come and you are invited into thinking bigger, thinking less materially about things. And the most joy I get in my career is sparring in a case for a client, literally 
in a deposition, in trial, where you have maybe not instant gratification, but you can feel the needle moving. And equally almost is working with and being in a position to mentor other lawyers, particularly women lawyers. And what I've learned as I am enjoying the fruits of my labor in my 40s, as Liz has pointed out, <laughs> what I've learned is it is, a, it is a great career. It has been a great career and it will continue to be. So I appreciate this topic, Erica, as much as I was like, oh, yuck, I have to admit I'm going to be older. Okay, old in 10 years. But I mean, who, who on earth really should be upset about the next 10 years where I've done what I want to do, I do what I want to do, and I do it when and with whom I want. I mean, honestly. So thank you for the topic. And for those of you listening, no matter where you are in your career, it really is an important exercise. It's not easy. It's kind of pain in the ass, frankly, to sit down and be like, what are my goals? But if you don't have goals and you don't articulate them to yourself, you're missing an opportunity to really have that satisfaction when you reach them or even when you tweak them. You know, at least you know what direction you're going. So thank you, Erica, for the topic. Well, Amy, I'm glad you went last. I feel like you brought that home for us. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Amy kind of uh, wrapped it up in the last minute or so. Right. But yeah. I just wanted to mention before we close, today's podcast is the end of Heels in the Courtroom Season 2, but we will be back for Season 3. You should check out the Simon Law Firm's other legal podcast called The Jury Is Out. They're kicking off their season with some great guests, including the brilliant trial lawyer Pat Malone, who wrote Rules of the Road, a book that I highly recommend to any trial lawyer, especially young lawyers. Pat Malone will be talking about his new book on the podcast called The Fearless Cross Examiner. Anyway, it's another great resource coming out of the Simon Law Firm, and I hope you all tune in. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our forward thinking, we can all go back to living in the past now. No, <laughs> But we do have a big announcement for our listeners about season three. We are incredibly happy to announce that we will be adding another voice to this podcast because we have added another female attorney to our firm. Woo! So Yay! next season, season three, you will be hearing from the six female attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Our colleague Megan Crow started today and we can't wait to welcome her to the discussion. She's fabulous. She clerked at our firm. She's someone we know well and we think you'll fall in love with her too. So we can't wait to see you on season three. We will spend our time off freshening things up for you and make sure that we have plenty of new advice and topics to keep your interest in season three. Until then, you can always visit us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. We're all six of the women attorneys at the Simon Law Firm now are on our website. You can email us with any questions. And with that, we will be signing off on season two, and we can't wait to talk to you in season three. Thanks, everyone. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.